setting the terms of debate and we're having a actual discussion about arming teachers <laughs> I'm like huh this is insane it's clearly uh, nobody who is a responsible educator thinks that's a good idea yeah I can tell you for sure but it's Trump's he big bold proposal well his proposals uh in the response of course to the terrible shooting in parkland the you know whatever 200 250th school shooting whatever that number is um it's funny to me how one of his uh concessions uh was to refer back to the Las Vegas shooting and the bump stock thing, which is, had nothing to do with this particular right. shooting. But, oh, let's see here. What's a what's a doggy bone I can throw to placate people that is, experts agree, essentially inconsequential well, to and that, a bump stock. And that, the that's weapons gone back to 94. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been an idea. Nothing new yeah. there. Um What's remarkable about it is the extent to which the young people have taken this up as a major cause. And it's clear, again, as someone myself having 15 years of uh, secondary education experience, I was teaching when Columbine happened. Sure. And so, uh, you know, uh, the terror of kids coming back to school the next day was very real, very palpable. And... Um, and, of course, now we've got widespread hoaxes going on. Widespread hoaxes and even stranger, the bizarre Internet phenomena of denouncing survivors as actors. Oh, this articulate young man who was sequestered into a room as a crisis actor, crazy gunman <laughs> was uh, roaming the hallways of his school is an actor. Uh, no, this is a legitimate 100 percent kid who... Uh, is doing the right thing, and, and this is where the the youth of America have a real chance here to finally be heard. To my point about you know teaching back when Columbine happened, there's a whole generation of young people out there who've grown up with this as a constant concern. 
when you and I were in school back in the 70s uh, and 80s, this wasn't something that you ever even thought about. It would never would have entered your mind that there might be something like a school shooting where, you know, dozens are massacred. Right. Back then, the, the, the worst thing that would ever happen is somebody would bring a knife to school. Right. Um, you know, and usually somebody would see it. Somebody would report it. Somebody would confiscate it. And I remember and, yeah. when mumbly peg became a kind of a big uh, high school side game out in the uh, outside. I went yeah. to a high school that had an open campus. You could go outside. Pitching pennies was the thing that, uh, <laughs> oh, the nuns didn't like it if you were pitching pennies because that was gambling. But these were the fist fights. The, and of course, fist fights. Yeah. Um, but. So uh, for this, you know, generation of young people who, you know, uh, how long ago was Sandy Hook? You know, how old are those kids now? The kids who were that age that year. Uh, this is something that they're growing up with, and it's very real. And and of course, the technology on guns is just so different now than it was back when we were kids. Or back when the Second Amendment was written, where you had yeah. single-load muskets. And this is all old news. We've talked about these aspects of the gun problem many times. It's uh, Sarah Palin on the mechanical horse <laughs> loading. Ringing at Paul Revere, loading her single-shot musket. Getting everything wrong about the Paul <clears throat> Revere story. Um, well, getting everything wrong is what captured by Stephen Colbert. Surprise, surprise. Trump has done on this particular issue. Um, well, it was amazing that on Thursday, both he and Wayne LaPierre were addressing the uh, CPAC convention. Uh, there was all this mystery about when Wayne LaPierre was going to be speaking. As if that was like a security issue. It's a red carpet moment for sure, but will there be a security concern? So, yeah. of course, everything they said that day proved to be inoperative by the end of the evening. And, you know, I'm actually going, I'm not going to, uh, I don't know the circumstances about the armed guards or guards. It, it's it's unclear, but clearly this was not a gun-free zone. So that concept is inoperative. Uh, Wayne LaPierre's claim that all it takes to stop a shooting is a good man with a gun uh, to get the bad man. Is highly fictive. Well, it's it's fictional. I mean, they, they, they've documented, by the way, that even professional police officers under stress uh, are only about 15% successful at hitting the target. There's any number of things that can and possibly will go wrong you know in the, in the target range where you pass your your badge or whatever we don't care about no stinking badges well you get a gun uh, certification badge if you're a professional right. law enforcement officer and you know we're talking about things that come down you're in a controlled environment you, you know you know what the target looks like it's not moving it might be moving towards you but all of these things are fictional, and, I mean, even soldiers, by the way, do not necessarily jump up and start running around looking for the gunman. They they often are trained to actually duck first, find cover, hit the ground. Figure out where it's coming from, Figure strategize. Out it's coming from. Yeah, that's a first response, uh, you know, beginner's point. So scapegoating the 66-year-old retired police officer is pathetic. Uh, we don't know any of the f actual facts because... As the saying goes, why let facts get in the way of a good story? I mean, uh, th this is all fictional nonsense. And, of course, it's been adopted by Trump uh, on a daily basis now. He wants to be the man that's going to 
make something happen, as he claims his predecessors didn't do anything. Well, actually, he's wrong about that. I talked about that last week, about, with the, about the assault rifle ban mm. that actually did happen. We have 10 years of data that showed that it reduced gun violence. Now, it's not going to stop all gun violence. In fact, since uh, the, the school shooting in Florida, um, 100 people have lost their lives in gun violence in America. Two or three of them have died from accidents. Uh, about 60 of them have committed suicide. The others are homicides. And we simply don't know what's going on. What we do know is that Florida has one of the most lenient state gun law uh, apparatus in America. Let's remember that there was an Orlando nightclub shooting. Not that long ago. Not even two years ago. It was uh, it was during the presidential campaign, and Donald Trump uh, hyped it up for all it was worth. See, I was right. I was right. It vindicates me. Uh, we had a shooting in Fort Lauderdale, days into the Trump administration. What was this all about? Uh, well, uh, a Alaska war veteran, uh, Esteban Santiago, was charged with 11 counts of causing death or bodily harm when he shot up the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport on uh, the 6th of January, uh, 2017. This gun violence, and what's what's amazing is both when the Orlando shooting happened and when this shooting happened, Fort Lauderdale, the Florida legislature was out of session, so nothing happened. Rick Scott has an A plus rating with the NRA, so maybe Rick Scott is he's the governor of Florida. Maybe he's changed his position on a few things, but for Donald Trump to immediately begin talking about mental illness is absolutely remarkable. Uh, for one thing, I don't know if he remembers his uh, chit-chatter, his tweeting and all of his nonsense involving Bo Bergdahl. Uh, but uh, Bo Bergdahl used, uh, lawyers used Trump's comments uh, in his defense in a court-martial. So Trump's complete lack of understanding about how the American system works just continues unabated. Uh, today, by the way, we had a, another ruling on DACA. The Supreme Court has decided not to hear Trump's expedited appeal. And this is uh, the lower court rulings have, are going to stand for the time being. Trump's immigration policy got 39 votes. He's He's just, he's clueless. And of course, part of this is... The, the, the continuing distractions from uh, all of the other things going on with the Trump circus, the gong show that uh, continues, the the Mueller investigation. Uh, of course, there's uh, Stormy Daniels out there. Uh, bears a remarkable resemblance to Marla Maples. <laughs> I thought that too, yeah. <laughs> they went on a date. Oh, the sparks were flying. She said, my name is Stormy. Donald Trump said, can I call you Ivanka? <laughs> well, maybe accidentally. Yeah. And then, of course, there's uh, Melania's uh, chain migration with the uh, <laughs> mysterious, no one knows quite how or when her parents got their visas. Of course, she has 
put some chains around the boudoir <laughs> in the Oval Office. Donald Trump. Before we move completely away from the is a lonely gun, man. <laughs> gun debacle. Uh, and uh, well, you know who Donald Trump is starting to remind me of at the moment is there's that in the producers, the great Mel Brooks film. Uh, Zero once Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder find out that people are actually laughing at their supposed disaster play. Right. And, uh, oh, it'll run for months. Of course, it's a scam to fail overnight so that they can keep all the money. <laughs> Once they discover, oh, oh no, this has gone awry, Gene Wilder begins uh, enumerating the names of people who've given money and how much of the show they own. Mrs. Johnson, 50%. Mrs. Stevenson, 50%. And then after a while, he just goes, no way out. No way out. That's Donald Trump. That's where we're headed for Mr. Trump is no way out. No way out. Right. And, of course, we are going to have to continue to put up with this uh, complete nonsense. The kind of a guy who needs a three-by-five card. To remind him not to be an a-hole to victims of right. violence that happened like less than a week before. To show compassion. <clears throat> Hope Hicks writes him a note card that was photographed and, you know, plaudits to the photographer who zoomed in and got that. What kind of a guy needs to be reminded uh, to say things like, say, I hear you or I understand how you feel. Who can't be a human being in this context? Well, Trump can't. And, of course, Ronald Reagan uh, was given cue cards frequently to be reminded of what American policy was on certain issues. <laughs> Donald Trump, of course, is clueless about uh, <laughs> about policy on any issue. Um, it You know, it just continues. I, I found it remarkable, by the way, just a couple of weeks ago when uh, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster had to actually hold a press conference mm -hmm. and declare that the Russians had meddled in the elections in total contradiction of Donald Trump. And of course, these mass shootings uh, are just a small slice of the of the gun violence problem in the United States. Uh, there was an absolutely. Well, very impressive chart in the 9th of October uh, edition of the New York Times comparing the Las Vegas attack with daily gun deaths in U.S. cities. That was the worst mass modern shooting in American history. Donald Trump uh, was president, and what we got were the thoughts and prayers uh, response from both Donald Trump and Congress. And even then, you know, and the uh, reiteration of it's not now is not the time. Yeah. To talk about this. The the motive. Now's, now's not the time. We have to figure out the motive. Let's talk about the crazy guy. And of course, it's interesting, by the way, that uh that this is one of the top ten mass shootings in American history, knocking Columbine out of the top ten. Uh just for the irony of of, of that situation. But uh uh yeah, this uh this mass shooting does seem different for a variety of reasons. Went over a little bit of that last week, noting that with the Vegas uh, shooting, most of the people that were at the concert didn't live in Vegas. They were in from out of town, so the victims were sort of scattered. There was no mass response. 
Also, because it was a country music festival, the percentage of uh, partic- you know, concert goers uh, may be more inclined to be sympathetic towards gun rights. True. Uh, although I <clears throat> condemned a Fox uh, News Network host who claimed that uh, the mass shooter had to be a a liberal because he was targeting a country western show. And I, I just found that ridiculous. Well, there's plenty of liberals who love and enjoy country music. Well, uh, yeah. And for one thing. I, I don't mean to generalize, but I would suggest that people who go and pay money to see music live tend to be more liberal. <laughs> just as a sort of a lifestyle thing, if nothing else. Well, and also it's <laughs> worth noting that uh, the uh, musical act who were on stage performing when the shooting commenced... Uh, admitted, you know, hey, we are gun owners and gun users and we had guns on the bus and we thought about trying to go to get them to do something, but we realized there was nothing we could do even if we had had them. So a a wake-up call uh, for even gun enthusiasts on maybe we can find a better way. And by the way, here's a thing from In These Times from March 2013 after the uh, Newtown shooting in Connecticut, noting that since 1996, the Centers for Disease Control have slashed firearm safety research by 96 percent. This is connected, by the way, with the so-called Dickey Amendment Mm -hmm. uh, that was actually attached to a budget bill. This is how Congress actually does work. It's it's a sad thing. Uh, what got the NRA so agitated? Well, a 93 study by Arthur Kellerman in the New England Journal of Medicine debunked the myth that having a gun in your home made you safer. The study showed that having a gun in your home increased the risk of one family member shooting another by almost threefold compared to homes without a gun. Another or themselves. The risk of suicide yep. was nearly five times greater. Yep. Those are the facts, and as we've no, as I noted last week, yes, there's uh, there's more of these maniacs with ten guns, twelve guns. For the the guy in Vegas had some some extraordinary number of guns. Sounds like he spent his last five years of his life uh, buying guns. That's why he died broke. <laughs> Part of the reason. Part of the reason. Um, but there are other um, interesting facts. In 2009, there were 31,200 firearm deaths in the United States. Guns cause eight times more deaths here than in our economic counterparts in Europe and Asia. These are preventable deaths. But what is exactly the force, the forces on the right that want to suppress or denounce as junk, similar to research about global warming? The relationship between fast foods and obesity. The health hazards of prescription drugs. It's the same thing. It's the same disinformation. The NRA is not a gun owner's lobby. It is a lobby for the gun makers. It's a manufacturer's association, precisely. And they need to sell more guns and promote more guns and promote more irrational fear. Uh, as part of their spiel, because the number of households in America using guns has declined. And I noted last week that accidental deaths from guns have declined in the United States substantially, 
since the 1970s, when we didn't have AR-15s or 14s or whatever they're called. Uh, People had handguns and certainly rifles and that sort of thing. But, uh, well, things need to change. Yeah, the NRA has also, as a matter of of record, it's just their stance— uh, has lobbied to stop the government from uh, collecting further analysis on gun uh, fatalities and casualties to to make it more difficult for uh, medical personnel to even study that. There's only 5 million members in the NRA. Um, and as you say, most of the money uh, that drives the organization is from manufacturers. So uh, that's, you know, five million uh, members of the NRA are holding the entire country hostage, partly because uh, like the uh, AR-515 or whatever it is, uh, senators like Marco Rubio are so easy to buy. Yeah, he's got, what, a million seven? Yeah, uh, he's uh, at over a million dollars, one of uh, a handful of senators who were Took over a million dollars from, and there's a full page ad by the uh, Every Town for Gun Safety in Wednesday's uh, New York Times, where everybody who gets money from the NRA is listed. And Jeff Flake, shame on you! You are so concerned with uh, the decorum with which the president fails to deport himself, but uh, you've got no problem taking money from uh, an association based on product. Just product, pure and simple. The the humanity, the rights of other Americans to have access to life, liberty, and liberty in pursuit of happiness. And of course, the other nothing. Yeah, and of course, the other thing that's fascinating about that chart is that it's the the senators that take get the real bulk of the money are in swing states. They're in purple states. The 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 members of the Texas delegation barely Mm -hmm. have any money. Because the NRA doesn't need to worry about their re-election. Uh, so, yes, it's more complicated than just money. Um, we do know that the NRA spent $30 million against Hillary Clinton in so-called issue ads. Those are called advocacy ads that are exempt. But uh, this is another element uh, for the approaching uh, maelstrom facing the Republican Party this November. You've got the rise of the Me Too movement, the women's power. You've got a whole hornet's nest of young people stirred up about the gun issue. Uh, and as you say, lots of this money is being spent in swing states. So swing states and swing congressional districts. This and is going to have a big impact on congressional elections. In, in other the words, the, the senators from Wyoming are given very little. Uh, they don't need to worry about the Wyoming right. Senate seat. Lynn Cheney uh, got a She's the House of Representative uh, person from Wyoming. She got a uh, pretty low uh, total. A thousand bucks. Yeah, total. She, she she can buy some milkshakes with that donation. But that's uh, Dick Cheney's daughter, right? Dick Cheney's daughter. So uh, you know, Dick Cheney's uh, gun rights to uh, shoot his hunting buddies in the face are uh, protected uh, safely in Wyoming. Of course, you know, what's fascinating about the gun deaths uh, equivalent to 58 days, just going back to the chart from the uh, the 9th of October, Chicago, 58 deaths in 28 days, Baltimore, 58 deaths in 68 days. I'm going to read off the top 10 there. St. Louis, 58 deaths in 70. Philadelphia, 58 deaths in 105. Kansas City, 58 deaths in 117. 
days. Houston, 58 in 118 days. Boy, that was a dead heat. Uh, Detroit, surprise, surprise, number seven, 58 deaths in 121 days. Indianapolis, kind of surprising, 58 deaths in 122 days. And, of course, the two biggest cities in America, no surprise, are in the top ten, but I'd like to point out that their rates are significantly lower. In other words, for Los Angeles, it's 58 deaths in 125 days, and New York City, it's uh, 58 deaths in 130 days. So, in other words, New York City has a much, much lower rate uh, than Los Angeles, a much, much lower rate uh, than St. Louis. And, um, you know, the other cities in this study are Memphis, New Orleans, Louisville, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I think that's where the OSU Buckeyes play football. (laughs) Dallas, Texas, Miami, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Birmingham, Alabama, Baton Rouge. So those are the cities, of course, the urban areas that are much more afflicted by gun violence. And what we're talking about here are um, accidental shootings, uh, random shootings, criminal shootings, gang violence, the whole thing, armed robberies. The list goes on. The Guns are used in an extensive number of crimes in the United States of America. So I don't want to hear about Donald Trump is a big supporter of the police. He's not. He's just another demagogue who's bought into all of the baloney and uh, let's face it, the police would like to see some restrictions on uh, the availability of these weapons of mass destruction, too. Sure, because uh, quite frankly, what are you going to be able to do with a sidearm against somebody with an assault rifle? I mean, I, I really think it would be wonderful if America could have a reality television show in which Wayne LaPierre and Donald Trump are given sidearms. Because let's remember that today Donald Trump met the governors. Mm -hmm. He assured the public that he would have run into the building. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I remembered that you uh, were the yellow bellied uh, draft dodger during the the Vietnam War. (laughs) My bones burst. My bones burst. Yeah. I mean, he's it's pathetic, but it would be hilarious to actually watch Wayne LaPierre and Donald Trump with handguns. Sidearms. Donald Trump can have his gold pistol. <laughs> Maybe Roy Moore can join in in the from the cavalry's uh, perspective. We can ho- hold it in the L.A. Coliseum. We can relive Rome. We we'll have a couple of Taliban. Uh, well, Fox is probably already uh, cooking up a show like this, but uh, <laughs> it, it's important to add too as we come towards the end of the program. We've got a few minutes left that. What we're talking about here has nothing to do with the legitimate uses of firearms by hunters and sportsmen. Growing up in Michigan or in Ohio, as you did as a kid, you know lots of people, friends and family, who are responsible gun owners, who are hunters. And that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, well, luckily, I grew up in a college town, and I didn't know anybody well, uh, that, that actually had a gun. I grew up in Jackson, yeah. and there were a lot of kids who <laughs> Very different. would... Uh, be allowed to skip school on the opening day of deer hunting season. So that's a thing that's part of the culture of the Midwest, and I get that. And I and, did fire a rifle in the Boy Scouts, so I'm not completely. Uh, well, I had a friend who was a duck hunter and <laughs> took me to the firing range, so I right. have shot firearms sure. and so forth. So mm-hmm. I, there, you know, 
most of those folks are responsible and intelligent and keep them locked up and use them safely. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about assault weapons and uh, background checks. And, you know, yes, let's say, too, that mental health is a part of this puzzle. But, you know, the idea of giving guns to teachers, teachers already have a lot to do on their plates. You, you know, that's a very important job. You just barely have enough time to do what you need to do to help the kids intellectually uh, grow and develop. Right. And, and how do the first responders, I mean, just hypothetically even think about this, how do the first responders deal with uh, two or three teachers that are running around the halls with guns? You don't know who the, maybe what? one of their guys is the shooter. Yeah. I mean, you don't yeah. know who's shooting who. It just who. adds to the chaos. It's like a, it's like a, a Quentin Tarantino movie. So, you know, so let's just call it as it is. Cops, uh, have a difficult job too. Teachers have enough on their plate. They don't need to be cops. Cops have enough on their plate. They don't need to be mental health care providers. There's a whole host of issues that could be addressed through attempting to find better funding for uh, mental health and treatment and, you know, uh, the therapy that some truly stressed out and, you know, uh, mentally exhausted people need to which of course is ironic because trump just cut that he he his budget proposal cut mental health by yeah. extraordinary uh, uh, quantities of money and i thought it was notable by the way that in the analysis of this let's arm the teachers as the solution they pointed out that arming 20 percent of the teachers in the united states would mean that there would be as many armed teachers as half the active military forces we have in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force. Why on earth don't they give guns, by the way, to people in boot camp? Hmm. I wonder. Interesting piece in the Sunday uh, Times uh, from a Marine, now a teacher, who explains what it is to be trained to use a firearm yeah. in the armed services and just how demanding and difficult it is before they even let you have the bullets. So let's not, There's a reason. let's not scapegoat the security guard, the so-called good guy with a gun who didn't run into the burning building. We don't know all the facts. He might have a wife that's in very bad physical shape that he's got to take care of. We don't know anything about it. And wait a minute. Is he the sane one? You know, yeah. when you, when you think about it, I don't think I'd want to be in a, foxhole donald trump uh because i don't think he would save me <laughs> no i'm not sure we look like we're coming up to the end of the hour but yeah just been to no remind indicator you. there that uh, yazoo city is coming up next so the program's just sort of rushed right by today we didn't really even get to uh poor jared prince without portfolio and apparently without security clearance either uh nor billy graham so. Well, yeah, Billy Graham <laughs> got lost in the shuffle. Uh, his body is going to lie in uh, in the Billy Graham Library for a couple more days, and uh, is is then going to be moved to the United States Capitol. Lord. That's preserve us uh the guy who advised nixon to uh don't bomb north vietnamese people just bomb the farmland and the bridges yeah he, that way he, you're not killing them directly the bad portion of billy graham's uh, career was That's was lyndon johnson and richard nixon twisted. uh to billy graham's credit i know i noticed in the obituary that in 1982 he did come out in favor indeed uh of yes sane's position 
That against was, the pr- nuclear proliferation that the Reagan nuclear had proliferation advanced, that right? Ronald Reagan was was involved in. Uh, just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly, and we would like to thank Andrew once again.